0: These days people like to go on detoxes, detox, they go somewhere and detox, (laughs) you know, have herbal teas and diets and uh, massages and so forth, just, you know, makes you question, well, if the rest of life is so toxic, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) A meditation retreat is like a detox of the mind but the point of it is that perhaps if we learn a few things we could also stop getting toxic <laughs> yeah. so, so it's a little more than just remedial it's also altering a foundation where one takes in toxins or even fabricates, constructs toxins for the mind detox or purification purification of citta. Uh, Citta can be translated in several ways. Awareness, heart, mind, spirit. Uh, It's not the thinking system, though the thinking system occurs to it. This is where thinking lands, uh, it takes energy from the citta to think. Jitta gets activated in order to produce thought. Um, the citta gets activated in order to produce emotions and impulses and, and intentions and drives. And the citta can also, through cultivation, can also stop doing that, can relax, not... Uh, produce thoughts and emotions and drives, and still be present. In fact, this rest state is considered to be the supreme happiness, supreme peacefulness. Purification means purification in several ways. First, purification of directly... Unwholesome activities, negativity, uh, abuse, indulgence, conceit, domination, fear, guilt, regret, uh, and so on. Particular activations that occur. And these activations uh, can get to the point where we no longer have much say over them, they just start happening. And that's one of the wake up signs uh, that we recognize we're not really in charge of this chitta. It's these things, these activations that just started to happen. I'm getting fearful, I'm getting anxious, I'm feeling negative, I'm critical all the time, you know, I'm jealous, I'm. greedy, I'm indulgent, I just can't stop it, and this is the wake up call these activations are not personally activated they're reflex compulsively activated but the way that our view is, is the view, our attitude the attitude that's also present is also an activation says well this is me, this is what I am. So you could say there are two levels of activity. Uh, and so we have the direct activations, which can be extremely unwholesome and unpleasant, disagreeable. So we'd like to clear those. Then the compulsiveness Uh, the the knee-jerk the compulsive familiarity of of activations so we keep becoming me all the time which could be okay if they're good but uh, there's another level of, of purification which means that doesn't need to happen and this means there's a state of Openness, rest, uh, immediacy. There's no future, there's no past. There's no position, there's no holding it as me compared with you. So this is an ending of pressure and stress. The pressure and stress to always get it right. The pressure and stress to always be on top. The pressure and stress to be always every someone that everybody agrees with and likes. The pressure and stress to be responsible and make sure everything works for everyone else. These are maybe, you know, activations that have a lot of good intention in them. One doesn't deliberately want to go about being disagreeable and useless and incompetent. <laughs> but the compulsion to have to be Always right and okay and perfect and cheerful and bright and lovable and all that is also a pressure. And uh, there's, behind it, there's a kind of fear of loss of personal esteem, personal position. Uh, and uh, not, something never really deeply lets go. And to recognize that there could be a purity that is not something I have to keep doing it 's quite natural there 's a natural purity it doesn 't have to be made into a self i don 't have to keep doing it <coughs> so these different levels of purification purification of the from the unskillful and then purification from selfhood. An important resource in accomplishing that purification Is um, energy awareness and energy awareness is awareness of the skillful and the unskillful, the near and the far the foolish and the joyful the awareness of that so this can be our refuge place whereby as is in the conventional refrain all things arise and pass and one becomes increasingly dispassionate towards these phenomena this alone I think is inadequate in terms of practice path because uh, it's difficult to really honestly fully completely sustain that. We can keep it as an idea. It's a good idea and it's a good thing to remember but one does feel energetically oppressed by difficult moods and feelings uh, and tends to easily get Swamped with thoughts, even though you're watching a horizon and pass, is still happening. So we find the the quality of energy helps to generate a particular power and strength that really drains the uh, or resets how our mind, our gets activated. So instead of the, these. To being activated to produce thoughts and emotions, that energy activation takes energy. If you gather and collect and stabilize the energy, the activations slow down. Can be seen more thoroughly. Can be checked. Can be even withdrawn. Like right? so, the energy doesn't have to run down those same old channels. This is the principle called samatha, or stabilizing, soothing, calming. And uh, it doesn't mean, actually it means a little more than calming, it means steadying, making it even. So sometimes calm itself can be a bit of a problem, because you don't start with calm, you start with energy. And you use energy to stabilise, and as you stabilise, then calm arises. If you calm, start trying to calm things down, you tend to suppress or go a bit numb or sleepy. So your first inclination is to energise in a different way. To actually exercise energy in a, uh, in a careful way. So breathing in and out, for example, has an energy to it. The breathing in and out of energy is breathing in. It rises, it swells, it flushes, it brightens. Breathing out, it releases, it soothes, it calms. So you need both of those. You need the positive or the the driving, the activation, the sense of brightening up, breathing in, and you need the discharge. Relaxing, soothing. You could say the yang, Breathing in, the in, breathing out. Equal value. Uh, Clearly they're both necessary. And energetically they're both necessary. So if you widen that reference to not just the air breathing out, but the energy breathing out, letting go, releasing, relaxing, softening, widening, can you do that how much of your life is spent doing that is it 50 50 or is it actually most of the time you're energetically pumping to get the next thing it's like you're always breathing in (laughs) except it's not the air you're breathing it's your energy is always the next thing prepare for the next thing and then the next thing and remember that and don't forget that and Phone so and so, and this is happening, so better turn to that. It's always a rising, 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 rising. Yeah, isn't it like that? Particularly in a busy, mechanized life, because machines don't breathe out, breathing out is a waste of time. So, in the productive world, it's all breathing in, all energizing quicker, faster. And the human being is dragged along to operate in the same way, to move faster, quicker, uh, more of that in, 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 more of the yang. And it produces, um, yeah, it, power, but it also has the defective elements of the yang, which is, becomes brutal and aggressive, uh, forceful. So business can be quite brutal. Traffic gets brutal, Yeah pressures of daily life you would start to shove and barge and push and speak sharply to each other. The the brutalization was when the yang has no yin to release it, to soften it, to you know to listen, to take in, to diffuse the discharge. And this element needs to be then cultivated. But it's not the, the the discharge, the yin is not a kind of collapse it's a steady, suffusive expansion. Gentleness. We widen, soften, widen, soften. Not slump, collapse, but widen, soften. And this is what the, the yang energy doesn't or the yang mentality doesn't know. It has full on and then collapse, discharge, either go to sleep or switch something on and just collapse into the music, collapse into the movie, collapse into the video, collapse into the next thing, you know, so you lose attentiveness and just you know sink in. Uh, That's not the proper discharge of yin. Yin is like a soft receptivity that opens and includes and expands, is loving. It's sensitive, it's receptive, it's just as much energy. But it's a discharge energy. It's not a power, it's an energy that listens and deepens and sensitizes. It takes in, doesn't move forward, doesn't progress. It's about deepening and widening where we are. So therefore, we can properly digest our experience rather than gobble and rush to the next one. This, in fact, of course, is the thing that we tend to emphasize in meditation. But, of course, it needs to be balanced. You do need the sense of, yeah, let's, let's inhale too, let's drive. But a little bit to one point, take it in. Yeah. So, exactly, breathing is a very good practice and a very good metaphor When you breathe in, you get that sense of sharpening and focusing, and then you soften, widen, breathing out. And this dual process purifies, because the in-breath, or the yang, gives you an aim. You re-establish an aim, you lift your intentions, your attitudes, you gently lift it to a particular aim or a point, a physical object or even a mental attitude. I lift my aim towards attentiveness. I lift my aim towards goodwill. I lift my aim towards joy. I lift my aim towards harmony and peace. I lift rather than sort of just go into the next habit of whatever your habits are. So it's definitely. You know the the rising, the intention, the sharpening of the intention is just not focused on a physical object or a discernible object. It's also a lifting and a sharpening or an aiming of attitude, not just pointing the same attitude towards another object. <laughs> this is very important uh, because we can act with the same attitude. Of gaining and getting better and making sure it works. We say, with the same business model, <laughs> and you can operate with the same business model on a breath or on your mind. And it's the, doing exactly the same thing. <laughs> you know, the attitude hasn't changed, uh, the psychology hasn't changed. Uh, the The view hasn't changed, and the person hasn't changed. It has found something else to get obsessive about and progressive about and competitive about and you know all that kind of thing. Where's the release in that? so it's very i sense is you know when we look at uh, our aim and our attitude. You have The aim and attitude is called Samasankapa, And the aim and attitude is uh, non-violation, non-brutal, uh, kindness, uh, compassion, sensitivity, uh, renunciation, non-sensuality. We're not looking for sensations, visual thrills. We're not looking for thrills we're looking for or towards widening, softening cooling, sensitizing so this samasankapa attitude, right attitude is the uh, you know the beginning of our activations you could say we have the eightfold path, right view gives us the perspective next step uh, samasankapa right motivation, right approach and this isn't just about. Uh, um, well, it is about daily life, but it's also about where your where your mind is coming from. When you're still, when you're moving, when you're eating, and when you're sitting, breathing in and out, it should be the same quality. So, changing the business model. Because there are certain other qualities to that model that make it defective, and you'll notice that some of the uh, most fundamental hindrances that we can recognise definitely as this is some impurity, not moralising, but this is oppressive, a contamination of the chitta, contamination of awareness, and the two fundamental ones is that one is just mind is constantly thinking. Uh, obsessively thinking when it doesn't need to and you know you don't need to sometimes you think you need to plan next year people tell you you have to plan next year they're always telling me I've got to plan next year (laughs) so you can get it, you know in the brochure and so forth (laughs) so everybody knows in advance what's going on and you can see uh, I can understand that but you know Is it possible to not plan, have 10 days or a day or even an hour (laughs) of not planning for the next thing and you can see how the mind wants to do that, figure things out because it has a certain security in it, oh now I know, now I know, now I've got it, there's a certain familiarity, I've been doing this for the last 10 years, so it's become a habit and it's become a habit and the habituation it's become a person it's become who I am and there's the second level of impurity See, if the thing continues it becomes who I am once it's who I am everything I do is going to be affected by that and I start also every I judge myself in accordance with my ability to do that and the sense of the business model is it's always got to get better and improving personality. Yeah. Where's, the, where's the release in that? Stress. Competition. Self-criticism. Performance. Yeah. So this obsessive thinking, even if it's not particularly unwholesome, Sometimes it gets unwholesome, critical, negative, craving, and sometimes it's just endlessly planning, worrying, um, fantasizing. Mm -hmm. This and the other um, very obvious hindrance is the sleepiness or dullness. Which is a little more than just feeling tired. You know, if you feel told, I just had a rest, how come I'm still feeling tired? And day four, I'm still falling asleep. Why is that? It's not because you haven't had any rest, because the mind, when it's not hyperactivated, doesn't have anything to rest on. We get so used to being in the activated state of thinking and planning and working things out and being stimulated, that when you pull the plug on that, the mind keels over. And it, we didn't notice it before, because before maybe when it was we'd finished our work, we switched something on. We listened to a sound, or we went to a movie, or we had something to eat, or we had a conversation, so the mind was supported by another set of stimulation. Not necessarily unwholesome, but... You know, wholesome stimulation of some kind gives it something to hold on to now when that's taken away with renunciation and this is a renunciation experience bump <laughs> uh, and yeah, you, so you see it a lot I see it a lot in monasteries monks are always falling over <laughs> not all of them, but a lot very common, particularly in the early days, because not because they, not because they're tired. It's just because the mind has got used for 25, 30 years of being supported by an idea, a thought, a project, a future, an ambition, an aim, and suddenly all that's gone. In monastic life, there's no future, there's no promotion, there's no pay, there's no wages, there's no end of the week, there's no vacation. <laughs> There's no, nothing to switch on in the evening. Bomp. <laughs> <laughs> and, you can, you know, and you can even get used to it, like meditation is that time when you get used to that experience. And then it really is very difficult to change it because the person has built, become built around that. The low energy state has become, I feel calm. Well yeah you look pretty calm in a way but uh yeah, you know because in a way yeah you are deactivated but the yin energy isn't there there's just the removal of one without the amplification of the other of the receptive the sensitive the opening the the subtle yeah we have the aiming and the intentionality and the sharpness of that, maybe. As you, but you don't have the, the the widening and the sensitizing and the timeless yeah, suffusion quality. And without that we often overstep. We don't notice things so the mind is moving too fast. You don't notice subtle effects. You don't notice the links of how your mind jumps from one thing to another. It's just suddenly gone to there, and you didn't notice how it happened. But it's the subtler energy is able to sense, and there's the beginning of that mood, and it begins with a certain tightening, or a certain running, or a certain, you know, slipping away, a certain loosening or a certain tightening, and these are experiences that we can become more conscious of. So energy, working with energy, uh, and balancing it, steadying it, stabilizing equal energy, equally breathing in, equally breathing out, equally aiming, equally opening, equally receptive to attentive, mm? equalizing them. Many people need to strongly emphasize the receptive because it is so diminished in our way of life and our culture. I mean, we need to emphasize and activate the yin aspect because it's, it's um, hugely missing in the business culture that has taken over our lives. The work culture which has taken over our lives you know it's now clock rather than sun the day is ruled by the clock not by the sun sunlight and moon yeah. it's ruled by speed rather than breath rather than rhythm of breathing in and out now there are other um, ways of looking at this and and that fit in with that also. So what I'm saying, uh, developing energy or u- or balancing energy, um, there's also a certain um, default position that we may not recognize because it's so usual. That is, we sense ourselves primarily, I would guess, most of us, would sense, you know. Well, if you had somebody said, well, you know, like I can see, see the shape in front of me, with sort of, you know, straggly bits, and things on like, it. You know, where's where are you living? which is which is you? And you're probably going to go up here. This is this is me. take take a photograph of this and. And uh, I'm up here, and this is where I feel myself. I'm sensing from up here, because it's where the, the eyes, the ears and the mouth and all that this is. Where, this is the big headquarters, up here. Yeah. And this is where the thinking, pumping yeah and there's a lot of uh, sensitivity in the face muscles are pulling, G- expressions, gestures so this is a highly activated area the head and again by and large in our daily life, modern life um, the head sits on top of the body and the body carries it around so now because you, when you get in a car you just need hands and, a, and eyes the rest of your body is just slumped in this cushion and this is the, the eyes, the head is the important thing you get behind your desk and it's the head again, looking at the screen or talking to people or writing something down. Yeah. Most people live from their heads and talk and think and use the visual sense uh, almost exclusively to, or well, much more than the sense of touch, which is quite reduced. But touch is the most important and most Richly dimensioned sense, so if you say something like taste, you can taste sour, salty, sweet, bitter, you know you've got maybe a you know palate of five or so flavors touch so many different textures and qualities to touch, yeah that we often we don't have words for, and I don't just mean touch as something where we might physically place my hand on something but the sense of the body feeling itself, feeling the quality of the muscles moving as you breathe in and out, or feeling the qualities of warmth or vitality flowing through the body. Those impressions, which are there all the time, if we pay attention, and are powerful indicators of where energy is going and the energy acts as the fundamental resource that the jitta draws upon to fabricate thoughts and emotions. Thinking takes energy. Emotions and attitudes and intentions take energy. Where does it come from? It's coming from the whole system, and the body basically feeds the mind, feeds the citta. So, breathing it out, we take in oxygen, we take in food, we take in water. Body converts that into energy, and the mind then draws what it needs from that. Yeah, but this is the fundamental unit, and um, so that those energies can then be uh, forceful or subtle or tentative and the mind draws and as it draws them, you can feel the energy shifting. Aggressive, obviously you you feel the energy very different. Aggressive from loving, for example. Very different energy. These are obvious energies. But the energy has many subtler kinds of moderation that I won't go into right now but uh, the process of calming and steadying means cleaning and filtering and grooming energy so it becomes much more steady state than these rocking volcanic surges and and slumps and for this we come out of our head because your head Primarily is about organising uh, where you're going and what you're doing. And so it will always do that. Put energy there, it will always go to, by default, to organising and, and analysing either what you've done or what you're going to do or what other people are about or what, you know, it does that. That's what it's supposed to do. And it's, it's useful for when you want to do that. But it's no good when you just want to, you know, just feel things more directly. So, the basis of energy of where the body um, transfers energy is through the abdominal centre. This is where energy gets collected, where the air the air is breathed, where the food is digested, and so forth. This abdominal centre begins to transform the elements into energy and then that can be then spread through the form through the entire form through breathing in and out that's the way of nature and so when when we return to that that in a way is the benchmark we want to return to Uh, in the sense of just energy being formed generated and then we can just experience it and what we want to form out of that we have a little more choice over because it's not going by default into your head it's not going by default into organising and planning and it's not going by default into the old personal form because the personal form has been concocted by social, environmental, domestic, karmic processes. Uh, They have to be understood, certainly, but we have a chance to reset so we're not just regenerating the same person over and over again, the same model over and over again even if it's manageable, even if it's interesting, even if it's fun at times, there's no liberation (laughs) in that, uh, no final liberation in that. You can be a good person by all means, uh, but liberation doesn't mean you can't be a good person. (laughs) It means you can go from being a person to being open, and then when you need to be a person... Then you can bring up those intentions and attitudes and organise things in line with truth rather than old, learnt and often defective or obsolete attitudes and programmes. Right. So primarily the person these days is programmed around the business model. Performance, achievement, goal. Success uh, and self-critical, self-conscious, isolated. Because business is competitive. To get to be good enough, at least as good as the next, and preferably just the nosing ahead. <laughs> yeah. And that's perhaps putting it rather grossly, but I think we're we're affect we can be affected by that. Whether we are. How much we believe in it take it, I don't know, but we're that's the business model, and we are living in that, and so this is bound to drives us up into our heads, and then this is constant search to be better push forward push forward, and so that model then gets uh projected onto meditation and yeah you can you can get good you can do it, and some people can get you know can definitely get better at meditating but there's no final release in that there's still somebody doing it who has to get better at it <laughs> and claim it you know <laughs> maybe market it <laughs> That's the new system six weeks thousand dollars you can do it too There's no release in that, is there? That's the business model. Where is liberation? Yeah. Now, uh, so just beginning and tying some of these themes together, coming out of the head, out of the attitudes of our brains, of our social and domestic and personal uh, uh, conditioning, something more organic, natural, just being a body. being a body but being a body in terms of not just the physical appearance there's no liberation in that there's differences and comparisons and self-consciousness in that but being a body in terms of its inner qualities, is inner intelligence. The body is, it has its own intelligence which is not conceptual, it's energetic. That is the body knows stress, it knows balance, it knows poise, it knows exactly how much energy it needs to walk up a staircase, how much energy it needs to balance itself to sit down rather than collapse onto a chair, how much energy you need to pick up a spoon so you don't fling it over your shoulder, how much energy you need to pick up a heavier weight, it knows it, and you pick, you touch it, and it starts to know it immediately. And we get it right, or something gets it right, and a very high percentage of the time. And we know how to stand up and walk. You try and think it out. And you know how to find balance when you stand. You try and figure that out. The body has this exquisite intelligence sensitivity energies, pressures, balances proprioceptive sense it knows okay this is this is out of balance with that yeah so there's this lovely steadying intelligence there that you can adjust to so it's not dumbing down it's just using your mind your thinking mind to listen rather than talk. <laughs> to learn rather than control. To not be in the driver's seat, to be in the back seat saying, this is how it happens. I get it. Wow. Rather than, this is what I've got to do. I've got to make this, this. I've got to get to this stage and that stage. Yeah? There's the driver. Yeah. And the other thing that the body knows how to do which the mind is very difficult to do in fact only a developed mind can do it knows how to relax not collapse but it knows very quickly if you come into your body it knows I don't need that muscle that can turn off don't need the fingers right now they can rest don't need the cheeks now the eyes it's just this that's all I need This happening here in the diaphragm in the belly yeah. so because it's sen- you can sense through your body you can sense the muscle tone is too is sharp tight in this area it doesn't need to be there's nothing wrong with it when you need it so is it these aren't judgments these are assessments say well that if I need it fine but now I'm not lifting a weight I don't need the arm it can just take a rest I'm not holding anything the fingers can relax and so this profound relaxation can come resting can come not through calming exactly but through activating subtle intelligence maybe this is what calming is you know a process rather than rather than throwing a blanket over your mind and dumbing it down it's about activating a subtle kind of intelligence to sense do i need that now doesn't it, it's not a, not a dismissal but now i don't need that because the body can do that it can rest and turn things off and at the same time even more interestingly it has another quality which knows it's still there so I can reactivate it when you breathe out it knows it can let it all go because it knows how to pick it up again and this is something that's. Uh, uh, means there that can be a, also one reason why people f- find it, the mind finds it difficult to let go because of fear. Uh, a strange kind of fear, a nervousness. Something. If, if, what will happen if I. what will happen if I let. oh, I won't. I don't. how will I pick it. what will I. you know. And then and it says, don't worry your body knows how to do that because it has also a a background understanding or a fundamental blueprint of the whole picture and it will activate it in a moment whenever you need it so you can just release it and it will come back and I'll tell you this but naturally uh, on a reflex level it can be difficult to really sense that you can let it all go and it will come back the moment you need it because it's actually not controlled by your mind your mind can step off Mm -hmm. that's the point the body will be there when your thinking stops Uh, when your emotions quieten down when your attention relaxes your body will still be there at a fundamental level even when the sensations become subtle, there's, a, there's a, a fundamental sense of embodiment, which is quiet, present, deep, safe, grounded, unactivated. It is said, one touches the deathless in one's body, one touches the deathless with one's body. The deactivated state, the unconditioned, could be accessed in this very body. It's not a sensation. It's not a feeling. You can't, you don't have a word for it apart from deathless, unconditioned. And it means that the entire, it's like a computer, you can switch the whole thing off and then turn, open the lid and it, comes up again. <laughs> how did the Buddha? You know, you know? I think one of the things I often kind of mused over when the Buddha realized cessation, how did he come back again? <laughs> you know, he went to so in his Nibbana experience he goes into Nibbana, everything stops, quietens down, and then how did he how did he come out? If it all stopped <laughs> What, what brought it back again? Did he forget something? <laughs> or start planning for the next thing? <laughs> no, it's like uh, you know, the, the, there's a fundamental sense that remains an awareness that remains there that is fundamentally embodied. Or awareness, if you like, more comfortable with that. An embodied awareness that remains there when the activities cease and you can trust it because it's not conditioned by your society by your karma by your habits by your personality by whether you're good or bad or what people think or success or failure it's not conditioned by that it's an enormous blessing you know? and if we can you know, cultivate this quality of deactivating there's a possibility that we could finally release even a few few moments even almost on an intuitive level you can touch into that if you do something it's a big shift even touching into that for enough for one out is enough to change your life because once that's known something about the show is over (laughs) you know the rest of it is the show and you can't really get so gripped and mesmerized and desperate about it anymore so energy the yang energy the driving the energy these are just concepts I'm using um sensitivity the requirements for those centering in the abdominal region uh, to just uh, to help to reset our experience of embodiment from being up in our heads on top of our body to being in the center of it where the head is something we can rise to and descend from and the lower half of the body is as accessible as the upper you can get down to your feet as easily as you can get up to your forehead you can feel down your legs as easy as you can feel up your chest and throat. Yeah, So you, you reset, rebalance your body. Yeah, Both because this is going to give you a more thorough uh, cleansing effect through the entire system. It's also going to uh, even out your energy channels. So you're not always up in your head, where it gets very compulsive and driven, and then collapsing, you know, when it switches off. You've got something that's there uh, all the time. Even when you lie down, you can be aware with that. Your energy extends down to your feet. It's a broader energy channel, it's a broader energy field, therefore it's, it's, it's more open, it's less constricted, and it's calmer because it's not based upon the power drive it's based upon yeah, enough energy to you know, if you want if you need to, you can push but you can push back, you can resist yeah, you can aim you can say no that's the that's the yang, the protector but there's also that which is just open sensitive, enjoying Uh, and the balance of these two is the, de- the, is the reset, the cleansing of our energy patterns and the cleansing of our attitudes, the cleansing of our mind. And the substantial reduction of the compulsive person who has been formed in a particular way psychologically and even energetically. I think I'll stop there. Um, Maybe some of these themes I'll return to. Um, I've laid out a few um, concepts and ideas and reference points and maybe one or the two of those have remained with you. I don't expect all of it will. Um, I don't ask for that. Um, You'll be hearing the similar things repeated over and over again. So you just pick up the pieces that struck you that are relevant for you at this particular time. Uh, but certain points to emphasise again: Let's practice embodiment. Let's practice uh, uh, getting a steady energy. Let's practice contemplating body from the inside, so we can feel where well, we feel tense or sharp or bright, and can we spread our energy over the entire body? And can we be less oriented through our eyes and heads? Can we also learn? To not be so driven forward, but also to be able to rest, pause, soften, widen to the moment as it's happening. Less concerned about the next thing or the progressive state. Much more involved with deepening awareness into what's happening right now. And seeing within that, what do I not need to keep doing now? Where can I find myself feeling more comfortable and settled now? Hmm? Is there any progress considering in those terms? Anyone?